Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Garrett's a good, good person. He's a good individual. He does a lot in the community. You know, he's a soft-spoken. You know, Miles Garrett's a good person. We're not going to pile on Miles. He had a bad lapse in judgment. That's it. But I'm still a Miles Garrett fan, and I'm going to support him. Our organization is going to support him, and his teammates will support him, and this coaching staff will support him. That is Freddie Kitchens. Obviously, a lot of support for Miles Garrett with the uh, Cleveland Browns organization. Joining us is the wonderful and fabulous Dan Graziano. You see him all over uh, ESPN covering all things NFL. Dan, good afternoon. Thank you for spending some time with us on this Saturday. I appreciate it, my friend. Anita, it's my pleasure. How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I saw the uh, new Alanis Morissette uh, play last night. Jagged Little Pill. It's phenomenal. Um, I know. Oh, I know that. I know that you That's do a lot you're of playing her music there in the break. It's, exactly, it all makes sense. I know you do a lot of wonderful things with your beautiful wife. This could be a nice date night for you guys. Huh? Just, just saying. I'll think about it. Just I'll saying. Just putting it, it out there. The season's over, and my weekends are free again. <laughs> I can spend them with her. There that you go. Nice. There you go. All right, Dan. Let's uh, let's dive right into uh, the Miles Garrett situation. As we know, uh, this week the NFL they upheld the suspension. He'll be suspended for the remainder of the season, and some question marks heading into 2020. Uh, but more importantly, one of the biggest things that came out of this is the accusations of Mason Rudolph with the racial slur. If you can, bring us up to speed. What have you found out this week in regard to all of that? Well, it's tricky to find anything out because, you know, it, it's a he said, he said situation, right? I mean, Garrett claims he said it. Rudolph denies that he said it. The NFL has, I would like to know more about what they exactly did in terms of investigating it, but um, you know, they say they didn't find anything, so I'm not sure where it goes. If they don't have audio, uh, I think it sort of lives forever as a, you know, one side says this, the other side says this. I will say this, though. I, I thought Garrett's statement on uh, Thursday night was good because he, he indicated that, look, I never intended for this to become public, and uh, and I whatever whether he said it or not does not excuse what I did. So I thought that was pretty good from Garrett to sort of say, look, I was not bringing this up as uh, an excuse, but more of a, you know, sort of a part of the explanation for why I lost my mind, which he, he again admits that he should not have done. So very interesting. So so the, the fact that he didn't communicate this right after he was interviewed in the locker room after the game, let alone from what I'm, I'm, I'm understanding, from what I'm hearing, and, and if, if you could confirm this, maybe you cannot, in that the NFL investigation asked a few of his teammates if they had heard that a racial slur was uttered, and they said that this was the first that they were hearing of it themselves. So do you think a lot of this comes down to timing and the fact that Miles Garrett waited this long and said this and, and communicated and shared this um, this racial slur behind closed doors is coming back to uh, not support him in any way, shape, or form. I think in a situation where we don't have hard evidence, uh, then whatever you're inclined to believe, you can find support for, right? If you want to believe that Rudolph said that, you can find your support for your theory in the character testimonials you're hearing about Miles Garrett, etc. 
if you're inclined to believe Rudolph didn't say that, you can find the support for your theory in what you're saying, which is, well, if he had really said that, then why didn't Garrett make a bigger deal of it at the time? So it's a, it's a very unfortunate story. Obviously, if Rudolph said it, you know, despicable, and, and you would hope that at some point, you know, he gets found out. But if he didn't, then it's unfortunate that, you know, Garrett told someone he did. So I, I, I think it's, a, it's just kind of a tough story all around, and it's a tricky one to get to the bottom of. And if we don't ever get to the bottom of it, it kind of remains sort of all around, you know, just kind of yucky. Yeah, I I feel you, Dan. Dan Graziano joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, another uh, piece of information I, I, I found out yesterday was Colin Kaepernick and his team might be arranging a second workout, a second audition uh, close to the owners during the owners meeting so that if there are owners who want to come and see what he ha- still has left in the tank, they can. Uh, is there any truth to that? I had heard that a little bit uh, prior to last week and in, in the wake of last week. It's kind of sort of been out there. Um, the owners meeting, top of my head, where is that in March? He's talking about the March one, the, the annual league meeting, probably be in Florida or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. Yep. Because um, it was Arizona last year. So, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's possible. I mean, that, that situation is one where when he wants to play again, but he doesn't want to compromise his beliefs or principles, which is admirable, but it also ultimately might keep him from being allowed to play again because I think what we saw last week is teams were kind of reluctant to go check him out without uh, some sort of either formal or at least tacit approval from the NFL. And whether that's fair or not, whether that's because of anything the NFL has done or not, which the league insists is not the case, the teams are free to work him out and just have it. Um, that's there, and it's going to be a problem. Yeah, if he shows up like a block down the street from the hotel where the league meetings are taking place, you know, it would be interesting to see how many teams dispatch a, a, a scout or assistant GM or a GM over there to, to check him out because uh, that would sort of be putting it right in their faces and saying, hey, if you guys are serious that you're not blackballing me, come take a look. It's only five minutes away, and, uh, and uh, we can talk about anything you want to talk about. So I think it would be a good move for him if he – really does want to play in the league again. I know there's been a lot of theories about that, whether he does or doesn't. Uh, if he does, I think that's probably a way to, to maybe force the hand of the NFL teams and owners. The problem is they don't seem to like having their hand forced by players. So I don't know if it's going to work out for him. All right, Dan, let's uh, turn our attentions to uh, our attention to what's going on with both New York teams. Let's start with the Giants. Uh, they are in uh, the Windy City taking on the Bears, and Trubisky just so happens that hit pointer, it's gone. Apparently he's starting against the Giants. Um, Miracle. I, I know. <laughs> You're, I mean, I, I, and, and Nagy, oh, surpri- surprise, it healed so quickly. Uh, yeah. your, your, your thoughts on this matchup. I, I think Trubisky starting actually benefits the Giants more than, more than hurts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look, it's not that they did anything all that great with Chase Daniel in there, but yeah, I mean, Trubisky's struggling. I mean, this is a Giants defense that has been picked apart by anyone. You can look at it from either direction. Like, I could say playing the Giants is the best thing for Trubisky. <laughs> I could say playing Trubisky is the best thing for the Giants. We'll find out how it works out, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, look, they're sticking with him. Like, he's, he's their guy. They got him for one more year on his rookie deal, and then almost certainly won't pick up the fifth-year option, but um, they, they got to work this out. If they don't work this out with this kid, they're all in trouble. You know, if Matt Nagy can't make it work with Trubisky, 
then you, you get into sort of why they hire him. If uh, if it doesn't work at Trubisky, you got to take a long look at Ryan Pace, the GM, who traded up to pick him when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were sitting there on the board. So they they could go to Chase Daniel um, and finish out the rest of the year. I just don't know how that benefits them. Trubisky playing poorly is not that much worse an outcome for the people running the Bears than you know Trubisky not playing. So I think at this point the season's kind of cooked for them, and they got to figure out a way to get this guy playing well if there is such a thing. Um, before the season ends. Well, here, here's another thing for you, Dan. Season's cooked for the Giants as well. Um, are, are you are you surprised? It's been for some time. I know. Are, are you surprised with Sterling Shepard potentially playing tomorrow against the Giants? Uh, this is a young man who not only suffered two concussions this year, but had concussion issues and headaches last season. Season's over. Why not shut see? Why don't why not shut him down? Get him rested. Get him healthy. Why risk another concussion for in a game in a season that means nothing? Yeah, I mean, that's the calculus they keep making. And this was a discussion a week or two ago with Saquon Barkley, right? Oh, if he's hurt, why not just shut him down? The simple answer is, you know, it's his job, right? <laughs> right? Like, if he can play, uh, and if he's okay, if he's cleared by doctors to play, and they say, well, he's not at any greater risk than, than he would have been, you know, a year ago, then, then he should play. And so I guess you're trusting the medical evaluations that have resulted in him being available for the game. And if it's okay then why not? I mean, if, it's, if you're going to say what you just said about, oh, why put him in a game, like, then he should never play again, and that's a whole different thing. So they've obviously determined that that's not the right course of action for him in his career, that he's okay to play, and that uh, and they can give it a shot. Obviously, now if something else happens, there's going to be a lot of second-guessing. But I think when you're a team, you know, you're paying these guys. You're trying to win the game, whether the season's lost or not. You are trying to win every single game you play. Um, you got to get your best players out there, and if if the doctors are saying he's okay to go, then then he's okay to go. Let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Jets. Very interesting. As you know, I'm a part of the uh, Daily Wager show on ESPN. Shameless plug, not so shameless. Monday through Friday, uh-huh. six to seven p.m. on ESPN two. Um, and a number of our handicappers going into tomorrow's show love the Jets. Like best bet, Dan. Best bet. In fact, a few of them are going to yeah. take the Jets on the money line to win outright. Surprise you at all? Yeah. No, I like the Jets to win outright. I, I don't see. I don't understand what the Raiders are doing. I mean, I, look, I get they're running the ball well. Um, I, I don't. I don't have a lot of faith in teams that that have a winning record in spite of being outscored by their opponents. That, that to me says something. Some sort of negative regression is coming, and I think that's probably the case with the Raiders. I may be wrong. I may look like an idiot for doubting them, but I doubt them. And I think uh, the way Sam Darnold was playing, I think he matches up well against the uh, Raiders' defense. If they can keep the pass rush off of him, um, which is an if, but if they can do that, I think he can pick apart that secondary. And, and I, I like the way he's playing, and I like, uh, I like the Jets in that game. Last thing for you really quick before I let you go, uh, Adam Schefter's reporting that uh, Tom Brady's dealing with an elbow issue. He's listed as questionable. I think we all expect him to play. Um, against Dallas tomorrow. What a game that's going to be. 4 o'clock, 4.30 kickoff. Uh, but if he can't go, Jared Stenham is expected to get the start. But your, your thoughts on Tom Brady and, and this Patriots offense just not being uh, stellar this season at all. Far from it. Had injuries on the offensive line. They lost their center right before the season started. They, the left tackle is just coming back now. They've put two fullbacks on IR, which isn't real exciting, but like that's, that's a big part of their run game with Sonny Michel is the fullback. Uh, Gronkowski, obviously a significant loss. They haven't been very good at receiver. They trade for Mohamed Sanu. Now he's hurt. 
they had Antonio Brown for a week and a half. Now he's gone. I just feel like it's a team that is undermanned offensively, that knows it, that has been all year. And I think um, it's showing up. And I think, you know, is Brady playing poorly or is it the group around him? It's probably some combination of the two. Dan, thank you so much for joining us again. Always appreciate your time. You do such a phenomenal job and uh, you enjoy your Sunday fun day. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.